Sotet Af Gimel Amud Aleph, Passion and Possessiveness, V'kineet Ishto Ruach Tahara. So the possessiveness can lead to a sense of, of being stifled and, and, and claustrophobic, and possessiveness can also lead to a sen- sense of intimate belonging. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll understand a little bit more deeply today. Starting with the posuk of the uh, sugya that we're dealing with in, uh, in Parashas Naso, V'ovar alav ruach kina v'kineet ishto v'hi nitma'a, O'ovar alav ruach kina v'kineet ishto v'hi lo nitma'a. The, uh, the English translates it as a spirit of jealousy comes over upon him and he is jealous of his wife and she has been defiled or she hasn't been defiled. Um, Rashi says the meaning of kina is not jealousy, is pirshu rabutenu lashon hatra'a. It comes from the word of warning. He says to her, don't hang out with so-and-so. Uh, and Rashi's basis for it is Al-Gamorrah, but as we'll see in Al-Gamorrah, it's much more nuanced than Hatra'a or m- more nuanced than jealousy. Omar Reish Lokish, at the bottom of the previous Omud, Reish Lokish says, Malashon Kinui, what is this word Kina? Because we see it in Tanakh in all sorts of different forms. The word takes different takes on different meanings. Davar Metil Kina Beina so Reish Lakish says it causes jealousy between her and others. He says, I don't want you hanging out with these people. And then she stops associating with them and they get uh, upset and they get jealous and, and now they don't know why isn't she speaking to them anymore. It just creates social awkwardness. And uh, Abaya said it, it causes kina between him and her. Either way, says the Gemara at the top of Adaf, Alma Kasavri Whatever the case, we see that this idea of kina expressed in the Posuk in Parshas Naso, on which this whole sugi is based, what we do see is that it's not something positive. It's a negative emotion, it causes negativity in the relationship, and it's not something that should that should be encouraged. It's Asulakanov. And the Tosfus Harosh goes into the, 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 the obvious but, but important difficult question. Of what does this mean? Asul The Torah says you must do it. It's a mitzvah. Vekineitishto. And we've got the whole parsha of Soito. What, what, is, what does the Gemara mean when it says Alma Kasavri da Asul that you're not allowed to do this thing? You're not allowed to be doing uh, this practice of Soto. What does that mean? And he goes into the whole into Yerushalmi, a Machlokis Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel about what the grounds for a divorce could be. And Beis Shammai says that for, grounds for a divorce have to be something serious. She has to be unfaithful. Uh, Basilo says, even if she doesn't like the way she cooks, you can. Uh, it's, a, it's grounds for a divorce. You can't keep people together if they're not happy. Uh, Rabbi Akiva says, even if he's met somebody he likes better than her, what can you do? You can't keep people together if he's already emotionally separated and divorced. Uh, and there, there's various different, these different levels. And the Tosfus Harosh says that according to Beis Shammai, who says you can't divorce your wife unless, unless you know she's being unfaithful, so, so according to Beit so what do you do? To keep her, you're going to be full of arguments and suspicion. To break the marriage, you're not allowed to do that because there's not a grounds for it. So what do you do? Sota is the answer. That's why according to Beit Shammai, it's, it's, it's chovah. That's what you have to do. Beis Hillel says, no, you can divorce her. You can divorce her on, on, on very little grounds. So certainly here you can divorce her. So if you don't want to divorce her, you would rather do sata. It's Rashut, you can do that. And that's how the Tosfus Harosh works with it. Our Tosfus has a difficulty with the, with the Yerushalmi, particularly in the Shita of Rabbi Akiva, but we won't go into that 
for now. So the Gemara goes on and says, So that's fine. If, if kinui means jealousy and it's negative, then I understand why it's asur, why you're not allowed to, why it's not a, an encouraged practice. Who wants the jealousy, whether it's social jealousy or or jealousy in the in the relationship. But there's a view that we learned on Daf Beis as well, and we'll come back to it, that it's mutalakanot, that you're allowed to do this. And as as we said in, a few moments ago, that Tosav Soros brings from the Yerushalmi also. Ma'olashon kinui, so what does the word mean? It means he warned her. That's where Rashi on Chumash gets it from. When he says, our, the, the Rabbateinu have explained that kinui means hatra, he warned her. So we've got to understand why use the word kinui. So use the word hatra'a. Why use the word kinui? It's a strange, a strange word to use in that case. Tana Rabbi Yishmuel. Ein adam mekaneli ishto elaim ken nichnesa bo ruach. A person only practices this kinui, whether it means hatra'a, you warn her, or the jealousy, however you want to learn it. But it comes from, from ruach. Says Rashi, what does nichnesa bo ruach mean? Mimarom. There's some... It's something from Hashem. There's a divine triggering of this feeling inside the man that causes him to do this. And, and that's an interesting idea altogether, by the way, because I've often wondered, there's, there's a tefillah which in the Sephardi Sidurim and some Ashkenazi Sidurim as well, in the middle of Elokeinah Tzor, at the end of the Shemona Esra, there's Lo Yale Kinat Adam Alayv Lo Kinati Alachirim that nobody should be jealous of me and I shouldn't be jealous of others. Um, so I understand that nobody should be jealous of me. I dove into Hashem because I can't control that. Hashem, please don't make people jealous of me. But that I'm not jealous of others, it's not for Hashem to organize. That's I, I, I should do that. It's, don't be jealous. Why am I asking Hashem not to make me jealous of other people? That's my midah. That's my, my own midas. So you see from this, from this sukkah, jealousy comes, it, it's, it comes from outside. It's a, it's a weird thing. It's not something one has control over. A person feels jealous because of some, something triggers it in him. Um, and, and Shenema, it says, Va'avar alav ruach kina. We, we see that in the Posuk. It doesn't just say, Adam ki It just says, Va'avar alav ruach kina. There's such a thing as a ruach kina. That from Shemaim, there's an energy of jealousy that sometimes infects a person. And when you're infected with that jealousy, it's a terrible thing. And that's why we daven. We shouldn't be jealous of anybody. My, my ruach, what does this ruach mean? Rabbonin amri ruach tuma, ravashi amar ruach tara. So the Rabbonin and ravashi in the base of Medrash of ravashi, they debated whether this is a positive or a negative energy. This, that, that, that it strikes you, mimarom, from heaven something comes. And Rashi says, is it tara or is it aliyadeh satana ba'al there's an energy, yes, and the energy comes from somewhere outside of me. But is this a positive energy that, that is there for good reason and I need to listen to it and act on it? Or is this a negative energy that is just there to cause mischief and trouble between us? Says the Gemara, But it's logical to say that it comes from a good place. Whether this parsha of sota is reshut or chova, are you allowed to do it or are you expected to do it in the event that you have this feeling? 
What does a man do if a man feels the sense of jealousy and he's worried about what he, who his wife is hanging out with? Does he have to do sota or is he permitted to do sota? If we're talking about a positive mood and energy that has come over the man, Shapi, then I understand this discussion. May you do it? Should you do it? But this, if this is a negative force, are we discussing whether you're allowed to or you're obligated to engage with a Ruach Tumah? That doesn't make sense. If it's a Ruach Tumah, if it's a negative force, you need to overcome it, not engage in it. So we must conclude from this that we're talking here about Ruach Tahara. We're talking about a positive energy, not a not a negative energy is how the Gemara concludes, and that's how we paskin la'aloch. As you'll see in the Rambam, we hold that it's a, a ruach tara. This is a positive thing. But we see in the Rambam there's a different angle altogether. The Rambam has a, a completely different approach to what this word kina really means, and we have to try and understand it because the Rambam says the end of of uh, Tesvav in Hilchus Ishus. The Rambam has a beautiful. And some of you have heard me speak on it, a beautiful process of building a relationship between a man and a woman. The steps of, of building, what, how the, what the man needs to do, how the woman responds, what she needs to do, how the man responds. It's a, it's a blueprint for, for, for marriage. It's magnificent. And one of the things he says there in Halacha Yud Zayin is, says the, the Rambam, a man should be mekanele ishto, because it says in the Gemara, it comes from a ruach taira. Now, he doesn't say if she's unfaithful. The Rambam says that as a standard thing. It should be mekanele ishto. So he clearly has a different understanding of this word kina. If it means azhara, as Rashi learns based on our Gemara, if it means warning, then that's only if she did something wrong. And, and what is it? Choval kolish lekanele ishto. It's a choval. Okay, so we're paskining like Rabbi Akiva, that it's a choval. But, but what does it mean? And, and all time, it's brought in Hilchot Ishut, not in Hilchot Sota. The Rambam has a whole section on Hilchot Sota. Why does he say here, in a normal marriage, a man must be mekanel ishto? What does that mean? And then he says, He shouldn't be too much mekane, whatever that word means. He shouldn't rape her. He should have intimacy with his wife out of pleasure and fun and playfulness, not... So what's that got to do with, with kino? So we see kino means something else according to the Rambam. What does this kino mean according to the Rambam? So there's a Malbim on the Posuk that talks about this kino as what happens the, when a person is rogez, when you've got kino with, with et, the kine et ishto. When those two words come together, kino and et, it means rogez al chavero mipnei shechoshev shemegareya miito davar shemagiyalo. Means a person's angry because you think somebody else has got what should be yours. That's what kine means. It means that you believe you're entitled to something and somebody else has taken it. Somebody else has got it, and that gives a ruach. That's the spirit of jealousy. So okay, that's already a different meaning of kine. It's not just azhara, but. It still doesn't explain why the Rambam says every, every marriage, that's what, a man should be mekaneet ishto. What does that mean? So Hirsch often bases himself on the, on the Malbim. And, and here says, Mashma'ut kano lit'on ta'anat kinyan uva'alut. Here he gets to the essence of what kana is. Kina is, it's mine. 
So he's taking the Malbim further and he says it comes from the word Kinyan. I, it, it belongs to me. It's a, it's a belonging. So I'm jealous that you've got something that I believe I should have. It's about having. It's about possessing. Now the Rambam begins to make sense. So a man should always feel possessive about his wife. If you translate Kana that way, the way the Malbim and and, and Hirsch translated, then you understand how the Rambam learns this phrase of the Gemara, the Tana de Berabi Shmuel, En Adam Mekaneli Shto Elam Kenich Nasabo Ruach Tahara. That means he should feel possessive, and yet, then you understand the continuation of the Gemara, but not too possessive. You don't throttle her and stifle her and force her and rape her, and that's not what possessiveness means. Possessiveness is an emotion sense, sense of attachment, and it's about ownership. The word ownership can mean like you own a slave. That's not what it means. A slave has an adon. A woman has a baal. There's a difference between a baal and, a sad, and, and an adon, like a field has a baal, an owner. A cow has uh, you know, an, an animal, it could be one, one or the other. Things that you don't really own but you're responsible for. You don't own the land. You don't own the, 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 the world. The world belongs to the Ribbon Shalom. The Hashem Ha'aretz Umlo'o. You don't own nature. You, you have stewardship over it. But, but money, you, you, you can, you can uh, a slave, there's an ownership of, of, of a slave. So here too, the idea of, of being a Baal, of being a husband, is, is ownership in the sense of accountability and responsibility. I own you mean, it means I am responsible for you. And if I'm responsible for you, why are you hanging out with all these other people? That undermines my sense of attachment and responsibility. And one begins to understand if that's the idea of Kinan, the Rambam saying, <laughs> a person must feel ownership towards his wife, responsibility, accountability towards his wife, in a sense of belonging and attachment. Because belonging, like ownership, can be negative and positive. And that's why the Gemara, even on this word of, 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 of Kina, goes into, is it positive, is it negative? You can, you can say, I belong to such and such a shul. I belong to such and such a community. It doesn't mean you're a slave. It means you're attached. Where do you belong? There's such a, a thing that people want a sense of belonging and a sense of community. And a wife wants to be attached to somebody who feels responsible for her. That's what the Kenyan is. That Kenyan that takes place under the chuppah, that's a Kenyan of I take responsibility for me. You are mine, not in the sense of my slave. Not that I own your body and your... Pro no. I, I own certain aspects of our relationship for which I'm responsible and will take care of you. That's my responsibility. And the interesting thing is, in, in most cases, again, this isn't necessarily politically correct and popular, but it doesn't matter. That's, we need to understand the Torah. Is that a woman finds security in being owned in the sense of responsibility, not in the sense of slavery, in the sense of responsibility. This person is responsible for me. And if a, if a man were to say to a woman, I don't own you, do what you want. You want to hang out with anybody, do, hang out with whoever you want, doesn't bother me. She doesn't feel good. That doesn't make her feel good. That makes her feel, really? You don't care? Does it make no difference to you? But if a woman says to a man, I don't care who you hang out with. I feel secure enough. I trust you. Hang out with who you want. He doesn't say, oh, that's terrible. I don't, don't, don't you care? 
He thinks, sure, okay, I'm, uh, there's, there's a sense of freedom. I'm not going to take advantage of it. She trusts me. I'm not going to betray her trust. It's interesting that in the Torah, although theoretically a man's allowed to have more than one wife, you see through the Avot and right through the Torah, it was never encouraged. Avram only wanted one wife. Yitzchak had one wife. Yaakov wanted one wife. Yosef had one wife. Moshe had one wife. Aaron had one wife. It was, was never encouraged to have many wives. But nevertheless, the fact that a man theoretically could have more than, than one wife, whereas a woman can't, that's a very serious issue. There's a difference for, for a man. If a woman were to say to a man, I don't care who you hang out with, it doesn't make him feel unconnected to his wife. He, he feels trusted. If a man says to a woman, I don't care who you hang out with, that feels like you really don't care about me. That explains why there's sotai and not sot, as we've discussed. Why there's a sotai is something that applies to a woman and doesn't apply to a man. That doesn't mean that a man can, can hang out with, with, with women. That doesn't mean that he can betray her trust and fidelity. Of course not. But it's not the same as when a, when a woman does it. And when the man feels that possessiveness and says to her, I don't want you hanging out with these other people, it's not from a place of anger. It's from a place of love. And that's why divorce isn't an option. He doesn't want to divorce her. He wants to be attached to her. And if you look at the, uh, at the last Rambams from Hilchot Sota, he says, Back again, he says, that one should have kina, one should feel possessive. This is not a laughing matter or something light. On, on the contrary, it should be from a place of, of connection. And don't warn her and threaten her and in front of witnesses, tell her, don't jump into a legal situation. This is about intimacy. Sota is about caring. Sota is about positive possessiveness. It's about passion and connection. Sota is not about threatening and warning, as Rashi says in the, in the simple understanding of the Posuk. And, and then he goes on, this is the Rambam's end of the whole of Hilchot Ishut. Um, and a person should be anybody who doesn't guide his wife and his children and his family and check up how they're doing and what they're doing continuously to know that they're not doing anything wrong that they're not doing anything against halacha, they're not doing anything against the Torah. Anybody who just let, lets their family just do their own thing and isn't checking that things are okay, that Sniyut is in place, that Yirat Shemayim is in place, that Shmirat Mitzvot is in place, if he's not doing his best to guide them in that way, that's when you know that there's peace in your home and you're checking up on your home and guiding them and so that there isn't any sin, then there's shalom, then there's, then there's proper peace. And so the Rambam clearly in this understanding of possessiveness is not chas v'sholom, the possessiveness of anger and demand and jealousy it, it's a possessiveness of love and affection and caring, which leads the man to say, I, I see you're hanging out with these other men. I feel jealous. A woman feels complimented if a man feels jealous. I, I, I feel jealous. You're mine. I'm responsible for you. I don't want to see you hanging out with them. It's a, it could be a really positive conversation if it comes from the right place. And so according to the Rambam, this whole idea of a Ruach Taira is not what he does. Does he warn her? Does he threaten her? It's from what place is it coming? 
Is it coming from a place of tahara or tum'ah? Is it coming from ego and insecurity? Or is it coming from love and possessiveness and passion? That's what's important. And we paskin like Rabbi Akiva that it's a chayva because we paskin that, that it's a, a, it comes from a mochum tahara, as the Rambam says, and that every person should uh, check himself and make sure that he's allowing, enabling his wife to feel his care and concern and not a feeling of effort of, I don't care, it doesn't make any difference to me, I do care, I care about you, I care about us, I care about what you're doing, and that gives a sense of security and not a sense of being stifled. <laughs>